Uh, we've gone through the big picture story of God's plan throughout the whole of the Bible. And now we've just spent a couple of weeks, last week and this one, uh, working out what does that, how does that help us make decisions? What does that mean for us as we seek to be guided by God in making decisions that will, uh, will honor Him well? And so we've been, we've been uh, opening up God's Word, having a look at that. Last week, um, where are we? Last week, we had a particular sort of... Uh, angle on that. We covered, here's our three things we covered. We covered where we're going to be guided to. The, the thing that God is guiding us towards is actually to become complete humans with the mind of Christ that will rule the world on the last day. Uh, secondly, that we're not trying to find spooky circumstantial bits of evidence to tell us what we should do. And thirdly, that God wants to be along for the ride with us, not micromanaging us, but walking with us as our guide. So that was last week. This week we're going to get into a little bit more, little bit more meat in terms of what we actually do. How do you make a decision? Uh, and we're going to pick up how do you actually do that rather than sort of how don't you, which was a little bit more last week. Uh, how about I pray? Just why don't you, you, you as well as we pray together, take a moment just to connect with yourself, speak to God, and we'll ask Him to be with us and Him to speak truly and for us to hear well. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for everyone here. Thank you for the ones here who are so young that they can't understand a word that I'm saying. Uh, thank you for those who are a little bit older and when I get excited and speak too fast, they can't understand a word that I'm saying either. And thank you for everyone in between. Father, we just ask that tonight here that we would hear you speak to us, that you by your Spirit would be present, guiding us towards what you want us to do, how to make decisions. Father, we pray that you give us what we need to know and that you give us the right questions to ask come the end, that you'd help us to think of the situations in life where we do need guidance, uh, maybe uh, think of ways to, uh, to ask it that's not too personal in terms of making it sort of feel bad that we can't, so, so personal we can't ask it, and Lord, that we would together workshop what are the right ways to live in ways that honour Jesus and lead us towards being the people who will be able to rule the world in love in the new earth. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, uh, what I want to start off with, with any decision, actually, what you can do is you can do this thing called triage. You know how they got triage when you get to the emergency department? They're like, uh, when, when Raphael and I went in with his sore shoulder, we went in, we got triage done. So instead of, and because of uh, the fact that he had a broken a collarbone, a, sh a short, sore shoulder, he didn't get seen to by a doctor, he got seen to by a physio, right? Way faster for us. This was magical. David also, by the way, if you ever get David as your physio at the Royal, fantastic. He's great. Um, and so triage, what we can do with decisions is funnel them off into one of three different types so that we can more appropriately make that decision in a way that matches the kind of decision that it is. So I've got three, here, three little sort of different types of decisions here that we approach in slightly different ways. First one, things that need obedience. First type of decision. God has said what's right and wrong. We obey it. Things that just need obedience. Now, it's, it's not quite as easy as it sounds because we actually mess this up. Humans are pretty good at messing up decisions, right? Uh, it requires training. There are New Testament churches that desperately needed training who were not capable of actually making wise and godly decisions. And so we shouldn't think that we're necessarily any different. 
Uh, in fact, if you came up to me and told me that you think you already know exactly what is right and wrong in life, you don't need any more training to be able to handle life, I think you just told me that you need more training. And so, one of the reasons for that is, is that Jesus might be in your heart, yes, but Dad is in your bones. Your family culture is in the air you breathe, and the world is the water that you swim in. And so, it's so normal that we never notice it. And so, what happens as we read the Word of God, what we need to do is notice when we find something strange as you're reading the Word of God and say, really? You sure? Like, that seems a little extreme. And we need to keep reading the Word of God until we find that, until our world becomes weird compared to it somehow. And we can actually see, ah, I can actually see where I need to be trained by this. So we need to be in the Word of God. We need to be trained by it to actually have our instincts to be able to distinguish good from evil, not just normal from, oh, that's a bit weird, isn't it? Do you see the difference? The difference between being able to distinguish good from evil and what people normally do and what would be unusual to do because they're not the same thing, but we equate them. Our gut equates them. Well, it's just what Dad did. So? It's what I've always done. So? What does the Word of God say? So, now, uh, once you've worked out the right thing to do, it's this point, well, the next step is we trust God. Even if the consequences of trusting God and obeying Him will be painful. Uh, the, the, the guidance of God here says, trust God that is A, the best thing for you to do to obey Him, and B, that even if it does lead to dis- difficult circumstances, that the training, the discipline of doing that hard thing, which is right and good, will turn you into the kind of human being that God will gladly want. In fact, that every one of us would gladly want to rule the new creation. So, train your mind to be able to tell right from wrong, read Scripture with your brothers and sisters, work it over with them. You know, lying is wrong because God says so. Confessing your sins is right because God says so. And you'll be blessed if you do this. In good times and bad. This is the whole point of Psalm chapter 1. Train your mind to be able to tell right from wrong. Secondly, train your will to do what you discover is right. Train your will to do what you discover. Now, this one helps to do with your brothers and sisters as well, because then you've got a bit of accountability. See, the thing is, to do what you think is sin, to do what you think is wrong, is sin. To do whatever you think is wrong is sin, even if it's actually not wrong. Uh, okay, I want you to imagine this. Um, it's, it's, it's afternoon on church camp, right? Um, Chris, uh, Chris is there. Um, Billy's there. Now, Billy has fallen asleep in the common area on the couches. He's, he's having a nap. And Chris tells me, Chris tells me, oh, Billy, Billy hates it when you, you tickle him to wake him up. Right? And so I'm thinking, ooh. So this hasn't actually happened, by the way, right? <laughs> this is completely all made up. Um, and so I'm like, ooh, okay. So I go up and I tickle Billy to wake him up. But the thing is, he loves it. Billy actually loves being tickled to be woken up. It's a great time. It's all everyone ends up in laughter. But was I a jerk? Yeah. My intention was to do something wrong. Now, did that matter that it was actually fine? Well, well, 
I still in my heart, I, I sinned. I did something wrong. I was attempting to annoy my brother. When we do what we think is wrong, whether it is wrong or not, it actually doesn't matter. It will warp your mind and your soul. It sets them against each other. It sets your will against your mind, your heart against other parts of you. The, the, the cognitive dissonance kicks in and we get disintegrated when what I know and what I do are pulled apart. And so our minds, to deal with this cognitive dissonance, we'll, we, we'll, we'll twist it, we'll excuse it, we'll come up with, with ways of justifying it until we can't tell what's right from wrong so well anymore and we have untrained our minds. So what we have to do, what I need to do, is to train my mind through reading Scripture with my brothers and sisters and then together with them, obey it so that I might become an integrated whole, the kind of person you'd want to rule in the new creation and that I won't be undone and untrained by sin. It'll prepare me for doing good works. Now... uh, it, it's, it's a bit like that, actually, in the world. I mean, Tim Keller's got this great story that he tells, and it's just this kind of how things do work. Uh, there's this, this is also like this fairy tale, and this boy, we'll, we'll call him Jim, because I used Jim last week, so we'll call him Jim. Um, and uh, Jim's been told that the only way to get out of this labyrinth that he's in, this dangerous labyrinth that he's in, is to follow the red rope, follow the red thread. And he says, okay, what's? Well, all right, I'll do it, I'll do it. So, but you can't come back... Like, you can't follow the thread backwards again. You've got to go that way. You've got to keep following it that way. Okay. But that's the way out. All right. I've already lost some friends in this labyrinth. So he follows it and follows it. And then it starts to go down into the depths where his friends actually got, got, got captured and where, where, where it gets dangerous. And his face starts to get tested. But it doesn't look like the consequences are going to be good for trusting this red thread. But he goes and he continues and he continues. And it's worse it's worse for him. It's scarier. There's more monsters around. He's got to avoid and stuff. But he gets there, and he actually ends up finding his friend who was captured by the bad guys. I don't know the full story. There's this whole fantasy story, but gets captured by the bad guys. And he rescues his friend, which he could never have done had he not had the faith to follow where it looked dangerous and difficult. And so there was a good work for him to do that had been set out for him in advance that if he hadn't have trusted if he hadn't have done the hard work earlier of obeying, he would never have even been in the situation in order to be given the chance to do it. Now, at that point, his friend's like, well, let's, let's, get, let's go back the way you came. And he's like, no, 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 I've got to follow the thread. But it's into the deeper darkness. Yes, I know, but that's the way you got rescued. It was by me trusting, the, to do, trusting to do this thing. That's actually the hard thing. This is how we do it. We follow the rope. We do what we discover is right. And it actually sets us up for future good deeds. For God works, he gives obedient works to do to those who are actually walking in faith with him. All right, matters of obedience. Secondly, there are things that just need some wise discernment. There are, there are heaps of decisions each day that are they're not sort of... Uh, between right and wrong, like you could take any number of options, all of which are perfectly legitimate and godly, you know, do I marry this girl or this girl, this guy or that guy, if you're a girl. You know, Paul gives quite a bit of advice to those considering marriage in 1 Corinthians 7, uh, you know, gives a bunch of reasons it's good to get married and uh, some reasons it's good to stay single, and then says, right guys, okay, there you go, make your choice. 
There's some boundaries within which this, 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 the decision should be made. So they must be of the opposite gender, of a marriageable age, not a close relative, etc. But if those matters of guidance from God are satisfied, decision is simply up to you. Things that need discernment. And lastly, things that just simply need a choice and nothing else. Would you like red or white wine with that, sir? Uh, what elective are you going to do? Uh, you're going on the roller coaster or you're not going on the roller coaster? And you just say, yeah, I feel like doing that. You receive it with thankfulness and you enjoy it. And that's all it needs. And sometimes it helps to be this flippant about a decision, right? Sometimes this is good because... Uh, this is, I'm always this guy. Some of us care far too much about whether the eggs benedict will be better with the ham or with the salmon, right? And you're sitting there at breakfast and you're like there and you're 15 minutes and you're staring at your menu like, oh, should we? And you realize, oh, I'm with another human being. And I haven't looked them once in the eyes, but I've looked at the menu quite a bit. So triage your decisions and make some of them faster and care less about them because you know which category it's in. It's a decision that just needs a choice. So you can invest in relationships, fraternity, and then enjoy them as well, thankfully, now. All right. Triage. It's not a bad way. You've got to do it well, but it's helpful. We're going to move on a little bit. Wisdom. Listen to wisdom. We're going to need some wisdom to make decisions, okay? Makes sense. Need some wisdom. So we're going to pick up a couple of the themes from God's wisdom book, Proverbs. Um, Proverbs is interesting. Proverbs are things like, the sun will come up tomorrow. If I eat Fruit Loops all the time, I will get diabetes. If I annoy my brother too much, I will have blood coming from my nose. You know, th th these are proverbs. Uh, I can say these things with a high degree of confidence, <laughs> with my brother particularly. Um, and that's because God has set up certain principles in this world. It's just how it is. The earth spins on its axis, eat a poorly balanced diet, your body doesn't work so well, annoy someone larger than you, you get hurt. And life works better when you work with rather than against the grain of the way God's made this world to work. See, God made the world with structures that we can discern, and so uh, we can, they can help us make our decisions practically. So you see uh, Proverbs 8 here, I was there, says Lady Wisdom, when God set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above and did all of this stuff, when he marked the foundations of the earth, when he set it all up, I was there. You see, Lady Wisdom says, it's, it's not random. There's order, there's principles. Just listen to me. I'll help you know how it works. And so, look for these structures and listen to the wisdom of those who have worked them out. The grain of the wood with which God has made creation, work with it. I mean, in short, this is just listen to your mum and dad, right? Because, I mean, the thing is, there's a, reason that, there's, there's a reason the start of Proverbs says, like, listen to your mum and dad. It's because even if they're actually too silly to listen to their own advice, they've actually seen a lot of things happen. And like, this is just how it works, dude. Like, just, just listen. It's, it's good. Now, maybe, maybe they haven't worked out how to do it themselves, but they want things to be better for you. So they've seen, they'll just tell you what they've seen. Because God has made an orderly world that has patterns within it. Be lazy, have no money. Listen to your parents. They'll have seen this stuff before. There's plenty more, plenty more uh, wisdom like that where, 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 you, where this has come from in Proverbs. Read up, grab Proverbs and read it up and learn from other people's experience of life. All right. What about the... Uh, 
Now, that middle category, I know that in the triaging, that middle category, I think a few people were like, oh, okay, yeah, but that didn't really tell us how to do that one. And that's really hard, that matters of wise discernment. Fair enough. Let's get to it. In matters of good judgment, in matters of wise discernment, in things that are not strictly straight obedience, they're not just like eggs benedict or, or, or over easy, what do we do? Well, I want, us, I want to encourage us to start with the end. Start with the end. What am I aiming for? This is what we did last week as well, remember? What am I wanting to be guided towards? Once we know that, then you've got that to actually use to make your decision. If we're not aiming towards the right thing, if you're aiming towards your own goal and you hit a perfect strike into the top corner, it's still an own goal. So we want to aim at the right thing. We want to aim at the purpose for which I was created, which is to rule the world beautifully and aim for that to be what happens with me. Secondly, read the Scriptures. If you've got a particular decision, read the Scriptures. Maybe it shed some light on that topic directly. Consult some other sources of wisdom, people you trust, family, good Christian books on the topic, and then weigh up the factors for what's actually going to bring about the end that you were made for and make a choice. There's no need to worry about whether you made the wrong choice. It's not a right or wrong decision after all, remember? It doesn't fall into that category. These are perfectly two good options, that job or this job. Neither of them any better or worse than the other. Each is equally legitimate, pleasing to God. Go home, go to sleep, enjoy, don't worry. So let's say I want to buy a new mobile phone, or I've decided I want to buy a new mobile phone. And I realize that I want to buy it actually because I'm a bit envious of my friends because they've got all the coolest new one and stuff. Well, I've triaged this wrong. This is back in a matter of righteousness now, isn't it? Right? So I go back up there. I go to the matter of righteousness. Um, repent of my greed and my envy. God, I'm, greed, I'm greedy and envious. I don't want to be greedy and envious. Help me to change that. Great, sorted that out. Okay, now, but now I can come back into this level, can't I? I go back to matters of wise discernment. I, this, I've still, I can still choose to upgrade the phone or not. I've still got a choice to make. Okay, so what am I going to do? All right, well, I might have to work how much money I can reasonably spend without A, going broke, <laughs> or B, uh, still having enough to be generous with. Work out if my current phone has enough problems to warrant the upgrade. You know, maybe, if, but, but maybe now I've given up on the greed. Okay, maybe now I've got on the greed and I've changed what I'm trying to get to. I've changed what I'm trying to move towards, what the good that I'm aiming for. Maybe new motivations might emerge then. So, so maybe the motivation is to set up my life to turn me into the kind of person that God wanted me to be. So, well, maybe I want a dumb phone, not a smartphone. I can't access anything dodgy on the internet if, if temptation for sin is a bit of a problem. I won't waste time with it instead of, with instead of being with people. I won't turn to my phone all the time for comfort instead of turning to God. Have you ever done a tally of how many times you check for messages on your phone per day versus number of times you prayed in a day? If you have, it's not a great time of it, the reporting part of it. It's a great time afterwards because you change. Um, but maybe the smartphone has a bunch of ministry tools on it that actually I do need to help people. So I have to add that into it too, don't I? But maybe, maybe that would be quite a blessing to other people if, I'm, if, I, if I have those. But maybe I'm just being a little bit deceived about that. So I'll have to do, go down to step two and step three, consult the scriptures and consult the wisdom of people who know me. And they'll tell me if I'm being deceived. And then I just make a decision and enjoy and go home and go to sleep and don't worry about it. And different Christians will come to different decisions and 
even, even in exactly the same circumstances, and that's okay. Because it's not a matter of right or wrong. It's a, it's a matter of discernment. See, some people might choose to send their child to a private school for perfectly godly reasons, uh, and some people might choose to send their children to a public school for just as godly reasons. And these are not matters of righteousness. They're matters of wise discernment. Now, some of you are thinking, no, hold on. I don't, I don't like this whole go home, relax, and sleep easy without worrying bit. That, that's, I, I, that's, not, that's, that's not how I roll. What if I've made a bad judgment here? Well, at the very least, you don't need to fear that you've done something wrong or missed God's will. Because if you triage right, this is really just something you can just choose. They're two godly options. Well, either of them could represent God's will for you. I mean, after all, God's will is for you to honor Him, and if you honored Him in the choosing, then you've, you've honored God. You've, you've done what you've built. You've been who you're built to be. Oh, what if I marry the wrong... What if I marry the wrong person, even? Ooh, big one. You know, 1 Corinthians 7, you can marry who you want, but what if I marry the wrong person? I don't know if you've ever thought that. If you've ever thought that, imagine if you think, oh, I've married the wrong person, now everything is messed up in life. Like... Like, imagine what that's like for your kids then, because, like, <laughs> they're the wrong kids. Like, <laughs> they shouldn't even exist. Like, you know, everything in their life is going to go completely wrong. Like, this is, it doesn't, it so obviously doesn't work like that. Now, kids, if, if, you're, if you're a kid and you're wondering if, I've, you know, if that's possible that it could even be you, that is a joke, a joke, because it is so ridiculous, because, of course, every child is exactly who God wanted to make. You see, you can't actually spoil God's plan. I mean, think about uh, the patriarch Jacob, the guy who got renamed Israel, the guy who, like, deceived his whole family, broke up his family. He, he did a lot of things wrong. And, yeah, he, like, throughout the rest of his life, he, he suffered the consequences for it, a busted-up family life and fear of his brother killing him, all sorts of stuff. But God used his mistakes to bring about a child, the Messiah Jesus who has saved the world. Now, that does make what Jacob did right, and his life was hard because of his dumb decisions. Sure, so there might be some consequences if we don't make the wisest decisions, but it didn't spoil God's plan. See, ultimately, your life's going to end up exactly as God would have it. God will use all things to change and mold us into the people that he wants us to be. Now, we've got to, when you're thinking about guidance and connection... Oh, where are we? I think, I'm, I think I've... Uh, where are we? Let's go to the next one. Prayer is everything. Prayer is everything. Not because without prayer you might have made a different choice and you'll have spoiled it, but because the process of walking through life, of driving through life with Jesus in the navigator seat, of taking the left turns and the right turns when... You can see Jesus saying, hey, godliness is that way. And you're trying to get there, and you're like, oh, but I've got a DVR right here to get there. And, and you're, not, you're not following exactly him saying, right here, left here, exactly. You've got to still make the choices. But the process of doing that with him, driving towards Jesus, with Jesus on the journey with you, guiding you, he's the guy to be talking to because he is both the navigator there and the destination you're trying to get to. To be with him and to be like him is, what we, is, is the whole point. And so we need to be talking to him as we do this. It's, it's almost the most important thing. I can say it in the shortest number of words, and I'm like, well, I've got nothing else to say about it, but it's, the, but it's almost the most important thing because he's the one I'm walking with and towards. Um, 
I do like to, I, I taught a lot of RI in in Brisbane. It's a lot of fun. About sort of seven or eight years of teaching um, kids uh, at school, and I also led a youth group. And the you know the difference between the church kids at the youth group and the RI kids. The RI kids who weren't Christians, they're more honest. Because you ask them, what do you want? And they say, I want a Bugatti. I want a fast car. And you ask the, the church kids and they'll say something nicer. I don't know. But like, some of them, it's not true. Some of them are really honestly about that. But, but there's something so refreshing about it. They're like, no, I want a Ferrari. That's what I want. I want a fast car. And I say, well, you better pray to God to get one then. And they're like, what? <laughs> what? What do you mean? Like, I'm surely I'm not allowed to pray for, pray for that. Well, why not? I've been telling you about the God who wants good things for you, haven't I? The God who loves blessing? Why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you pray for the Ferrari? We need to pray more honestly. See, why, why do we gain by pretending that we want something other than the thing that we actually do want? Tell Jesus. Share it with him. Uh, what would I gain by admitting to Jesus what I truly want and then working together with him to grow? Ooh, quite a bit. And maybe the whole process of praying about wanting the Ferrari, whatever it is that I want, is the journey he wants to take me on. Talk about that. And yet, if I refuse to pray to him, I'm just refusing to walk the journey that he's asking me to be on. Let's, let's work together. All right. Um, we sort of talked a little bit about this. The, the remember your goal. Remember your telos. Remember where you're headed. The journey with your guidance. The thing that you want to be guided towards, of course, it is this. It, it, it is to become these people who God will use to actually rule the world well, to bring blessing. So remember your goal and then evaluate your choices, not by whether you got the job that you felt good about, but by your telos. Have you, in and through making this decision, actually walked through it with Christ and become more like Christ as you've done so? That's how we evaluate, because that's the goal we're trying to get to. And you think, oh, but, 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 did it, but I tried this thing, and I thought it would work out better for me and my kids, but it sort of looks like it wasn't so good for me and my kids, and I'm worried about my kids. Have I done a really bad parent? Have I been a really bad... Did you walk through it with Christ? Were you seeking to honor Christ and to obey the things that He's given you, to care for your kids? Yeah, the consequences you can't control. You're not in control of the consequences. Might you need to then make some choices after that to, to change things if that turned out badly? Yeah, that, would, that might be the next responsible thing to do. But you don't sit there and freak out about the past decision. We walk with Jesus towards Jesus. How about we pray and ask God to guide us now? Heavenly Father, we we so often are guided wrongly by our own hearts because we want different things than what you want for us. And Father, you have told us what you want. And you have told us what you will do. Lord, we are to honor you and to enjoy you forever. We are to worship you and we will become like your son in his image. We will become like you in a way where we can rule on your behalf on this planet. So Father, Thank you that we are, when we get there, that we're going to be more human, not less. More decision makers, not less responsible. And so, Father, we pray and ask that you would guide us towards both making wise decisions here, but also training, setting our life up so that we, training ourselves, putting ourselves in a training regime 
so that we will rule well on that last day when we become truly, truly human. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.